Coming to you via the magic of the internet, it is episode 38 of The Podcasting Couch, a podcast in which I, your host, Chris Carlson, sit down with content creators and discuss their lives, inspirations, methodology, and anything else that may come up during the conversation. My guest this week is Heather Welch, host of the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast, a New Zealand off-grid podcast inspiring and empowering people to reconnect with the natural rhythms of life while sharing insights into off-grid life. This week, we discussed the broad topic of wellness, what a difference a responsible salesman can make, as well as a host of other things. Music this week is provided by Copper Crown. The song is called Summer Haze. Formed in early 2015, Copper Crown is a Toronto-based five-piece ensemble. After spending months piecing together a refined sound emanating from individual backgrounds in soul, punk, pop, rock, ska, and metal music, The band recorded their debut EP over the winter months for release in the spring of 2016. Copper Crown's style is not easily defined beyond the broad label of ska rock. The bandmates take pride in writing individual parts directed by their own unique backgrounds in music, which results in a lot of surprising outcomes, some as the dancey ska rock tune The Messenger, which has a hard rock breakdown, or the 50s-style crooner Irene and its unexpected punk rock interlude. Copper Crown is releasing a full-length LP in 2018 and are gearing up for touring and diving into the festival circuit. We're going to listen to Summer Haze and then jump right into my conversation with Heather. This is The Podcasting Couch. We'll be right back. is so you you'd mentioned um you've mentioned on your show before and and in the, in our correspondence beforehand that you've been living off grid for about six years now um and i'm curious what what made you want to start podcasting about it now um after so much time has passed so that's a good question in the beginning i didn't really it was kind of there was so much going on and so being off the grid and surviving with one solar panel and one battery was kind of more important to me than making something out of it and sharing that with everybody. 
And as we've built the system, it's kind of like I got to the point where I had always wanted to write a book about it. I thought that would be a good way to kind of record the experience and be able to sh not necessarily make it famous or anything, but just have a record of it, capture some of the stories and the journey that we've been on and how the, the fun parts and the not so good parts. Um, and so in 2017, I thought, well, I'm at a point now where I'm, I can handle living off the grid a bit and I can sort of add another project to my, to my workload. And I also wanted a bit of an outlet by then. I thought, you know, it's, it was still a challenge. And so if I could help inspire and empower other people, but also have that kind of creative outlet for myself, that that would be a really good thing. And so it didn't start with a podcast straight away. Sunshine and Power Cuts began uh, back in March and it was just a Facebook page that I had and um, was sharing inspirational quotes drawn from nature because that's kind of the whole premise behind it all, relying on sun for power. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I thought, well, that's, that's fine, but um, I kind of wanted to connect with people a little bit more. And when the podcasting kind of came more to the forefront of things, it was like such a neat... Um, a really personal way to connect with people and to help me because I script my podcast episodes. So it's kind of that getting into the practice of writing or documenting it, um, but having that opportunity to, to share it in a verbal way as well so that I can kind of collate my thoughts a little bit better because writing is a hard and long process and it's much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is much more fun podcasting. So... Um, yeah. <laughs> that is where the podcast came into it. And so that only started in August and it took, it actually took a long time. It took from March to August to kind of work out what I was going to do with Sunshine and Power Cuts anyway and how I was going to share my story. So it's, well, I don't know if that's a long time. It feels like it was a long time for me. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so then I think also I had a fear of sharing my story. I think the, the fear of being out there and telling a story and what people might think of it it held me back from really getting stuck into the the whole idea anyway um but now that I've sort of <laughs> jumped over that and <laughs> launched the podcast and um been at it for four months now I think that I might have less of that kind of imposter syndrome when I come to write a book eventually because I will be probably more comfortable with my message and um might even have an audience for it at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> right I, and I, I get that I think um that's one of the things I think that that's that inhibits a lot of people from from starting shows or starting in general putting themselves out there is is kind of that um I know I had a bit of a fear of criticism at first um and and then I just eventually I guess it's kind of like a band-aid <laughs> um and so I just I, I tore it off and I started doing it and I I love it too I think podcasting is awesome um so your your show has kind of a a really interesting format to it um the way that it, it's sort of divided into two different categories of episodes and um I, i'm just curious if you want to explain kind of what those two formats are and, and how you came to deciding to to do the show in that manner yeah so it was the the whole title sunshine and power cuts i had from the very beginning because um, I thought, what is the easiest way to describe to someone what this off-grid journey has been like? And literally, because I have solar power, it is sunshine, <laughs> and then it's power cuts. I've had a lot more power cuts than probably most people, but um, <laughs> I can do something about it. So the show then I thought, well, I've already divided the title into two opposing things, sunshine and power cuts. And so the sunshine episodes kind of flow on that idea of the the warm, the light, bright, the motivational um, an inspirational kind of thing, the empowerment side of my learnings from living off the grid. And the power cut ones, it kind of lends itself to a, a more, ne not negative, but less positive <laughs> um, connotation. And that's where the honest insights into the off-grid life come. So it's my storytelling, it's my the experiences that I've had. And kind of in a more, so the sunshine ones are, are scripted and more little kind of like meditational type things but not really meditational and then the the power cut ones are the just the narration the narration of my story and I think 
I enjoy that because the sunshine ones are uplifting for me and then the other ones give me the outlet to sort of talk about how frustrating it is and that it's not always sunshine and it's not life's not always easy right so I kind of balance balance it out that way and I do I don't leave the power cut episodes on a negative note I do generally try to you know bring them around because there is learning from experiences and then yeah and I have my sign off which is quite cool I I like your sign off be decent and mine is be empowered by nature so I think that's awesome yeah, I think positivity is 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 an important. I think it's 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 very easy to be negative, um, and I think it takes effort to be positive. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I think it's it's awesome when when shows try to have those uh, always try to bring it around because I know I, I listen to a few shows that uh, have ended on bad notes before, and I'm like, well, that wasn't that didn't seem like a fun time then. <laughs> I didn't have fun there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I try to always leave it on a positive note, even on some of the episodes that have been more uh, contentious, kind of more uh, uh, debate centric. Um, still try to always end on positive notes because I think that that's that's the best thing that you can do. I think uh, the world could use a lot more of that. Um, so you mentioned that you started out um, with with one panel and one battery, um, and, and I'm curious what what was the the sort of some of the growing pains of switching to off grid and, and and some of the the learning experiences that you've had in the process of doing this i know um for for example personally you know i've been looking into um i've got a shed in the backyard that i'm looking to hook up to solar because i would like to have a studio instead of having to steal uh whichever closet in the house is available at the time to record in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not powered. So I, I've been looking into that and it is th- overwhelming sometimes looking at uh, some of the, the information that you need to know. And so I'm just curious what, what your experience has been in that. Yeah, it is definitely overwhelming. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. There are a lot of Facebook groups. There are, um, it's like a sea of information and different experiences and, what made it easier was the fact that going on the grid was going to be out of our league. Like there was no way we could afford to do it. So um, it forced us to look at what the options were and then do research. But the best part of the whole thing, and I haven't actually shared it on the show yet, is that we came across a book called something, which I'll have to look up. <laughs> but it's become, <laughs> it's oh, I'll, I'll get it for you if you want to add it into the show notes. But it's um, it was kind of like, a guidebook, like something that we've thumbed through a lot and used a lot. And it explained things in a really simple way. Like I, it, a lot of people can wrap their head around like a solar panel takes in power and it kind of filters down to the batteries and then that is the storage. Um, but there are different components. There are different brands of components. It's how you configure them, how how many batteries you have and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the this book explained it in a simple way. And then we found a supplier who took the time, and I think this is the important part, took the time to ask questions to see what it was that we were trying to achieve, what our consumption was, which we'd worked out based on what kind of appliances we had in the past, um, because this was a new home, so I hadn't built a home before, um, and what we were going to put into it so that he could get a better idea of what we might need. And instead of, he had stuff on the shop floor, and instead of sort of you know, salespeople generally push you into one direction that they kind of, maybe they get more of a um, commission of some products or something. But he asked the questions and then he sent us away with um, two sheets of paper that had so much writing on them. And he goes, read these first. Once you've read them, then come back and we'll have a talk about what you want to buy. And that was unreal. Like I hadn't expected that kind of an, an experience. I'd kind of gone in there thinking, yep, we'll pick up a solar panel today and a battery or you know, we'll pick up a few things, an inverter and a regulator to be able to, to, to do something. Um, but I left empty, well, not empty handed. I had two pieces of paper to read. <laughs> I took them away and read them and it changed. We had an idea of what we wanted and it kind of changed that. And the the supplier is still our supplier today. So all the, as we've upgraded our system, we've gone through him because he's he built that trust and he, he cared about what we were doing and made the whole process a lot easier. So if you can find something like that, that would be incredible. But what I have put in my show is a disclaimer that I am not a com- I'm not able to consult people on going off the grid because 
it's too big an area. There is there is just too much involved. I can share kind of how I got to those decisions. Um, part of it was cost. Like I think the first solar panel was because we could afford it <laughs> and one battery and it was enough. Um, and then the idea was to sort of build on things that would easily fit into the same kind of system. So all our batteries are the same brand, um, the inverter and the regulator are the same brand and yeah, just keeping it kind of, it's very simple, our system, it's literally just solar panels, those two, inverter and regulator and batteries, that's it, I don't have home automation or anything else, um, just to keep it simple because yeah, it is overwhelming and I'm not really sure if I answered your question um, <laughs> now that I've gone into that long-winded description, but um, um, you have to you have to know what it is. So for your shed, for example, you'd have to know what you're going to run in your shed and how much power that uses and what your weather patterns are like. And the system has to be built to cope with the worst weather. So winter is, you're in winter right now. Yeah. So I'm assuming you've got less sunshine hours and I don't know, it might be snowing or what have you. So you'd have to look at how that would work if you'd have enough power to be able to cope with running computers and audio gear and whatever else you wanted to do. Um, that that right. that all doesn't take that much power, but if it's on for long periods of time or your shed would be fine because it's kind of like its own little separate system, whereas I'm running a whole house. So if yeah, while I'm talking to you now, if the sort of shower got turned on or something that uses a hydro or the, like the electric jug or something really high powered, I'd have to be a bit more concerned about that. But yeah. So that that kind of leads perfectly into uh, the next question that I wanted to ask you, which was <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> what were um, what were some of the cutbacks that that you you experienced that you had to because I know uh, thinking about the the sort of uh, I, I guess modern um, oh, what's the conveniences yeah. in in life um, you know I look at them like. Uh, I, we use a Keurig, for example, and I've looked at how much power that takes in the morning um, for coffee mm -hmm. and, 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 and just all of these little things that, that I couldn't imagine parting with. <laughs> um, and, and so I'm just curious, sort of what were some of the cutbacks that were made when switching from being on grid to uh, off grid? I think the easiest part was that it was building a new house. So literally we could, we could filter out things as we moved in. So I didn't have to bring like heaps of high um, high power usage items in. But um, the things that it was, so I haven't done it out of like being conservative or being, um, well, um, trying to limit myself. But it's just when you have those things, you just have to watch how much power there is to know when you can use it. So unless you can start with a big system to start with, um, the TV. I had the TV before we moved in and it sucks a lot of power and it's just <laughs> you, you watch a movie or something and check the power and see how you go. Um, fridges has been one that's been a challenge because they are a high energy user and in the podcast I've said we've had a couple of fridge freeze, fridges and fridge freezers that were hand-me-down ones so they were second-hand and then eventually it got to the point where that was so frustrating that they'd suck all the power overnight and we'd wake up with none that we invested in a really energy efficient one. And as soon as we installed that thing, it was like incredible at how little power it used and what a difference it made to how much power we had available for other stuff. So um, I don't have a coffee maker. Um, I We had to get things like a gas oven, and I mean like a gas oven and hobs, um, the only electric it uses is for the ignition and for the light for the light inside the oven um, because I can't there was to build a system that was big enough to be able to s have the draw of an electric oven was too big so that one probably the oven is probably the main one the fridge and um, what's the other thing I was going to say oh the fireplace so we can we had to find some way of heating the hot water and electric also was going to be too much draw on the power. So we had to look <laughs> at what kind of um, heating option we had. And we got, we went with wood fire first because that kind of did multiple things. Um, and I've said in the podcast, you need 
for being alternative energy, you need alternatives to your alternatives because if you don't have enough, one won't work and you won't be able to use it at all. So the wood fire oven, it provides heat and it provides hot water and I can cook in it. So it does three things. And I think it's about finding things that you have, that have multiple purposes or don't making sure that your appliances or whatever else don't rely on the same kind of input to make them work, which is just a different way of thinking of things, I guess. Right. And, and, um, you know, I think like, like I said, I think like when I, when I, when I think about those kind of things, um, I think about, you know, cause I, we've looked into, uh, switching to solar. Um, it looks like at least for the time being, uh, I, I don't think that the panels are efficient enough for the amount of sun that we get, um, to, to really be able to switch over without, uh, big costs yeah. initially. Um, and, and that's kind of one of the, th- that, and we need a new roof before we worry about <laughs> even putting panels on, <laughs> which that's a whole different can of worms. But, um, cause this winter, this last winter tore us apart, um, our roof is is not not looking good uh but that's that's off subject <laughs> completely um uh but yeah I, I look at you know like 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 you'd mentioned home automation i think um that's one of the other things that i think is kind of i guess the selfish side of it that's keeping me from switching to something like that um we've been getting more and more invested into the the home automation side of things um we're like fully invested in like we have multiple google homes all throughout the house um all of our lights are switched to um automatic lights uh and so i'm just finding myself getting more and more bought into the uh the smart home side of things uh which i personally i i love i'm so excited about um but but yeah, I think um, that that is the the interesting thing is sort of having to decide. I I think it'd be a a complete lifestyle shift um, for 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 looking at what we use now to what we would have to switch to. As far as you know, with with home automation, everything has to constantly be on um, yeah. to receive that signal. So, so- it's yeah. It, so my thought on that is I'm not against home automation, so I didn't mean that before. But what I like, um, I think that if you could calculate how much all of that requires, um, that would be your starting point because they do all these cool functions and things. And it might not actually be using as much power as you think. I don't know because um, I don't have them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the I think going off the grid really suits if it's, at this stage, with cost and with um, cost and, and ease, I think it's it's not something that everyone is going to choose or make the shift to because it is just uh, it's almost not unaffordable, but almost almost um, the grid tied things are really popular here, where people get solar panels and connect to the grid and sell it back. Um, the whole off grid system is kind of more out of if if you've either got a ton of money <laughs> and you can't afford to do mm-hmm. it or out of, out of necessity being, being so remote. So it is a lifestyle change because you have to be, depending on how big your system is, like my example is starting small and building up. So I've always had restrictions and I'm still at the point where I'm not, it's not big enough to really cope incredibly comfortably, if that makes sense. Like I still have to check the power and, and do those little extra steps during the day. But I've been doing it for six years now, so you kind of get used to it. It becomes your way of life, like the same way you've enjoyed um, the home automation stuff. You get used to it. Um, So I think, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's it's been worthwhile, if that makes sense. Um, For me, it helped because otherwise I wouldn't have had power or it would have been a lot harder to get power to site because of the cost of connecting to the grid. And then now um, I have great stories to tell of how, <laughs> how I've dealt with it. So, yeah. Right. I, I, I wanted to ask you um, kind of uh, zooming out a little bit yeah. from, from just the, the topic of solar power. I know um, 
I think I've heard you mention on the show before, uh, kind of the more homesteading side of things and becoming more self-sufficient as far as other aspects of life go, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, 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 food and things like that. Um, and I'm curious kind of what, uh, ideas you've had in, in that sort of field or, or, um, what experiences have been, I guess. Yeah. So because, because the original intention intention was just to build a house, like the the solar power, like the off grid thing came because the power was too expensive. I wasn't going right. in with the intention of homesteading, so I was just wanting a house to live in, like a modern life, and do. I had a job, and you know, not I'm not a gardener, <laughs> so I don't I don't actually have a garden of vegetables or anything like that. I live in the country, so I could, but I don't. Um, I don't have chickens and things like that. Um, I have, there's um, the neighboring farm have chickens, so we get fresh eggs and we've had fresh milk before. And um, I've got some calves, but we sort of kind of rear them and then sell them on when they get to two years old. And I've got a couple of pet sheep, <laughs> um, which may end up in the freezer <laughs> at some point. Sorry to everyone who's vegan. <laughs> um, but so homesteading was never my plan. And I take my hat off to people who do that because that's really um that's a whole other journey you know that yeah 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 <laughs> uh, I, I think that that kind of sums up my my feelings on it too the uh just yeah yeah <laughs> um because we've like i said um you know i think a, a lot of it i think is at least from my personal experience, when I look into these kind of things, I think, oh, cut costs here, cut costs there. But then when you start looking into it, you're like, well, maybe we can afford uh, the, the it, maybe it wouldn't be uh, cost efficient um, as far as switching to, to certain things like that. Um, but like uh, one, one of the big things is we've looked into um, converting uh, a big part of our backyard into, into gardening. Um, and I think one of the things that has stopped us is, well, what are we going to do in the meantime? Are we going to have enough? Um, do we have the time for it? Uh, you know, cause life is busy. Yeah. So I, I, I think it, it is, it is weird trying to find this sort of, oh, pardon me, um, this sort of like, uh, balancing act, I guess, of, of all of that. Um, I think it's what you enjoy. So if I enjoyed gardening, I definitely would have gone that way and, and made it happen um not a gardener so I haven't gone that way <laughs> um and like with your shed thing for example that if if you have a bit of a budget that you can set aside to just set up something small and see how it goes that might be you know a good step into that whole off-grid experience rather than kind of trying to do your whole house you know in one go because that's a huge investment um yeah I think and once you've had a bit of an experience with it, you might work out things that'll work better in the in the long term. But so our our project has been a long term thing too, and it was never trying to do it all at once because that's not affordable, and it's just it would have been too much of a probably a culture shock. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a journey, and and that's kind of where I bring into the the sunshine things of it as well, because well being is really important. How you cope um, in every day. I mean, I struggled with wellness before I lived off the grid and then living off the grid made it even harder because I don't, like you said about sunshine, I don't live in a place in New Zealand with a whole heap of sunshine hours. So probably even living off grid here is not (laughs) the most ideal thing to do, but I did it. And, you know, you make things work and um, like wintertime, you get the winter blues and you struggle with that kind of stuff. So um, it's sort of, it's how you cope with things. It's whether you see it as a journey and, and yeah, working out what you want to do and, and making it happen. And I think that can sort of be applied to, um, to anything really that, that, uh, looking at these things as, as a journey and not so much just a destination. Um, uh, my, my example that I give is, uh, you know, as far as things like building up the, the studio for the podcast, um, the show just started getting a few people on Patreon. Um, I've been at this now. um, Well, this show for a little over a year and podcasting for a little over two years. 
and I'm just now starting to see any kind of financial support from it um, after two years of doing it. So I think um, if if my only goal was I need to make money off of this show, I'd have quit a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But you have to it, enjoy it's just the journey. One of the... Exactly. And know that it's going to take um, a little bit to get there. And so you've you've done it for a year, this show, and interviewed some really great people and and learned a lot from that experience and then hopefully it'll keep going and it will keep going because you're still doing it if you'd quit you can't carry on if you've quit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i've been off grid for six years and i couldn't like i wouldn't be here talking with you if i'd quit and or if i hadn't or right. if i hadn't even started the podcast in the, in the beginning so yeah Mm-hmm. Or, or or uh i think um you know it, i think we get we get faced with with difficult decisions in general, um, there's been moments in, in the show, um, where, uh, there was one point in time where I did have to take like two months off of the show, um, where life was just really stressful. Um, a lot of things were happening and I knew that if I continued to do the show in that period of time, you know, I would be putting out a, a pretty subpar show. And so I had to make this judgment call where I said, well, it'd be better if I just stepped away for a couple months and did not put out anything than put out bad product. Um, and so that's what I did. And that was a hard choice, but I didn't stop doing the show. And I think we have a lot of times where sort of you're faced with those kind of decisions where it's like, well, something is difficult. Are you going to stop? Or are you going to keep trying? And I think those are kind of, uh, if I can get a little cliche, sort of the, the character defining moments of, of, of our lives. And there's a lot of them. I don't think that they're like these, these big climactic moments. Um, I mean, there's a lot of little ones all, all throughout life. Plenty of decisions that we make every day to either try something new or, or, or go with what's comfortable. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, just listening to how you describe that, it sort of almost sounds like, and we do it a lot, that we kind of think that we have to be on all the time and give all that we can give and be creators. But when you are a creator, you're kind of on this um, sort of like the pressure to put something out also or to stick to your time frames to, or to whatever your um, kind of schedule is. Um, but then at the end of the day, if we don't look after ourselves, how can we make amazing content and... I think that looking after yourself first so that you have the energy and the wellness because, you know, to be able to, um, <laughs> if you've got a cold or something, you know, your voice is not going to sound great. Look after yourself so that you can do all these amazing things. And, um, yeah, I, for me, I think um, it's not, it isn't about the, the massive um, changes or or whatever you might judge it to be um, big things that you do. It is a culmination of all the little things. And that's sort of what the sunshine thing is all about is just re- reconnecting with nature, which is a simple thing is going outside just for a few minutes. And like we get so busy on life and, and doing everything else that we kind of forget to do that. And so it's a little simple reminder for about, about 10 minutes every episode to say, Hey, have you checked in with yourself? Have you a little bit of let a little bit of light in today? You know, um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where that went. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, actually on the topic of, of the idea of, of wellness, um, how you view, uh, that, that scope. Cause I think that's a, uh, a very broad word, um, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I'm curious what, exactly that that sort of idea means to you wellness is it's a holistic thing it's all parts of you it's your health it's your happiness it's your um whether you think you've got a purpose um it's your passion it's it's all the things that make up you to that sort of help you move forward in life if you're not well if your wellness is not there if you're not happy or if you're sick and things like that, then then your wellness is not um, at its maximum, I guess. So, yeah, it's a it's a holistic thing, and it changes all the time. Different things make you happy, and different things um, contribute to to 
who you are and how you thrive in life. And, and so um, I know, you know, some of the things that I personally try to do as far as I, I think I, I totally agree with that, that idea. Um, and, you know, there are sometimes where, like I'd mentioned things that I try to do where I, I try to keep, pay attention to if I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel or if I feel like I'm actually doing something that I want to do um, and try to kind of act accordingly. And um, so I'm curious, just what are, what are some of the things that, that you do as far as, um, like you'd mentioned things like the winter blues and stuff like that, when, when you notice kind of the the idea of kind of slipping into something that you're not really happy about or, or um, I don't know, I can't think of the, the word for it, but um, just kind of how you pay attention to the way that you're feeling and, and kind of how to counteract anything that, that you're personally feeling as far as like if you're ever getting down about something yeah uh, I so, guess it would be how I would ask that <laughs> back in so our winter time is like in May June July or something like that and um at that time I was uh, it, it happens every winter here just because it is it there's less power to use so it gets a bit harder and less daylight um but back then I thought I'm I'm struggling right now how can I make this better because I need to I need to be able to carry on and get through the rest of the year. And so I developed the seven days of sunshine challenge. And I basically looked at my, I spent a day in the life with Heather and I'm like, what is it that really lights me up? And what would, what are the things that I really enjoy and that actually do help pick me up when I'm down? And it wasn't easy developing that list to start with, but if, if you can identify what those things are that, that do make you happy and that you do really enjoy, then you've got something to draw on when you're starting to feel yourself slip and the challenge is seven days so it's not a huge if you were to follow it it's not like um it's months of your life that you kind of have to commit to something um and even seven days is hard to be honest because we're still busy and it's like unless you really are going to carve out time and it only has to be five minutes but if you can set aside that timing and stick to it that's that can be hard but then it sort of followed on i looked at well why is it hard and what are some of the things that are affecting me? And it was the daylight thing. So I was like, well, let's make sure that I have the curtains open or the blinds open or that I get outside and have a bit of just breathe in the fresh air for a few minutes and then go back and do work because work's quite busy in the wintertime. Um, and then it was, I noticed that I the sounds around me were grating on me and I was thinking, well, what is it that I like listening to that, that really sort of uplifts me and so then I thought huh music I I generally have a list of playlists that I have for different moods and so I thought I'll put one of those on and then so then I think day three is be still and listen and I made a um, guided meditation for that which is just a visualization thing where I talk to some really ambient music kind of like my podcast episodes um, <laughs> and then day four was well I'm so switched on my business. I run from home, but with a computer and I'm in the office all the time. And I'm like, I need to unplug. Like I actually need to pull a plug out and not be connected. I got a notebook out and used paper and pen. Um, I went out and did some exercise, just walking and things like that. And then I thought, well, that's, this feels good. And what else can I do um, to help? And I thought the whole point of that was that I had to shift my kind of perspective like change my way I was looking at things and so then I think I'm not sure if day five is perspective but it kind of goes perspective and persistence because you've got to keep on keeping on and find some energy from somewhere and there's lots of examples in nature that give those to you if you look for them like weeds are pretty persistent they grow up out of nowhere with very little to feed them um so if they can do it we can do it too um <laughs> and then um Another thing was, and, and lots of things that focus on wellness will tell you about reflection and gratitude and having something that you're grateful for each day, it sort of helps set the intention for the day of on a positive note. And so the checklist I had for this challenge was starting the day and ending the day with gratitude and reflection. So celebrating the things that you do in a day. And it doesn't have to be massive things that you achieve. It can be just like, I walked the dog and me and the dog had a great time, you know, like, yay, you've, mm -hmm. you've achieved something today. Um, or just this conversation with you and we've had a laugh and it's been a positive thing that we've both learned from each other. That's, that's a win for the day. Um, and so celebrating that at the end of the day. And um, 
yeah, so those are the things, and I put them all into the seven days of sunshine challenge. So, yeah, those are the things that I draw on. And I, I like that. Um, I, I, one of one of the things that stood out to me is, uh, I guess, because I can kind of uh, relate to it in that whenever whenever I'm kind of feeling down or having a bad day, I kind of try to do the same thing, which is um, that sort of uh, the gratitude side of things. I try to list out, um, you know, all regardless of how small something might be. I, I, I also try to kind of list that out as like. Well, this is something good that's happening. Um, even if it's something as simple as just the normal, you know, it's like, oh, I'm having a, uh, a, a pretty bad day today, but I have a roof over my head and it was raining today and it didn't rain on me. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, and so even just, I think, uh, looking around at the, at the things that we sort of uh, take for granted, yeah. I guess, can be a, a good way to sort of uh, reframe um, when things seem like they're going bad. That even if they are, uh, e- even if if it, you did have just like a terrible day, um, th- there can still be these things where if you frame it right, the day was a great day. Um, and and I, I try to do that as well. Um, I, I kind of want to uh, shift over a little bit more back to the uh, back to the show itself. Yeah. You'd mentioned that um, you kind of uh, you script out the episodes. Um, and so I'm curious kind of what, what the process looks like as far as from deciding exactly what the topic is going to be to writing to recording to actually putting it out, um, kind of what that looks like. So it's been an interesting journey. And um, because I had that seven days of sunshine challenge, I thought that's the best content I could start with because I had already developed basic scripts for that challenge. Um, and then I sort of adapted them and added other things for the show. So they were the easiest episodes I've ever had to do. The first seven. Um, once I hit, and I made it even better because I split the show into two two episodes. So I had 14 weeks of safety, a safety net where I felt comfortable with what right. I was putting out, right? And then <laughs> it got to the end of that and I had been, I, I've got a notebook or a journal and I'd, um, even before I started the podcast, I basically did a, a, um, a brain dump or a, mind map or a brainstorm of all the different things that I could think of that were relative to um, the sunshine, the wellness thing and the off grid stuff, put them on a spreadsheet and um, I kind of filter through them. And I've, I did it sort of on a weekly basis for the power cut episodes anyway, to see how I felt and what kind of topic I felt like I could talk about that week, drawing on from all these different things that I had um, sort of thought of um, prior to that. And then I, have a like a document I work on and map out the ideas and come up with which I'm actually going to change for this year for 2018 is kind of a bit of the show format have a bit more structure to it so it's easier to sort of get an introduction of which which episode you're listening to and what that's going to entail um but right it's kind of like journaling I just sit there and have have all these things that I draw on I did quite a lot of research also before I even launched the Facebook page into um, more of the circadian rhythm type thing and um, seasonal affective disorder and all these other kind of wellness topics um, to sort of get a lot of information that I could draw on um, so I'm not just kind of talking out of my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so journal, journal kind of the episode, tweak it. Um, and in the beginning I kind of had to record and see how it sounded to see what I wanted it to sound like and what kind of flow I wanted it to have. And I think I got v- hoarse. My voice, I lost my voice because I'd just been recording so much that I <laughs> I lost my voice. But um, yeah, with the Power Cut episode ones, though, I kind of, they're just picking a story and it's more of a narrative thing. So they, it's literally just a retelling. Whereas the Sunshine ones, I kind of have a point of leading you through um, the idea and then giving you some examples and then rounding it up at the end. Yeah, and then recording, I, I do that at nighttime because the birds are too noisy during the day. <laughs> um, and and then I edit them. I kind of have quite a tight time frame. As soon as I've recorded it, I edit it and then get it out. So I don't, yeah. I think, um, and that's the interest, I think what uh, a lot of people don't realize uh, listening to or going in, and we've, I've, touched on this topic uh multiple times on the show now <laughs> um but kind of the um 
the work that goes into it. Um, I think it, it's very easy to even uh, like conversational shows. Um, I, I think a lot of people would would listen to a podcast and go, oh, that's just sitting in front of a microphone and pressing record. And then uh, once you're all done, you just hit you hit go and upload it. Um, and, um, I know I was like that when I first started, that's what I thought too. I thought, Oh, this is going to be easy. This is going to take no time at all. Um, and the, (laughs) the amount of, uh, uh, investment time investment that, that, that podcasting is, um, is something that I think, uh, I, I am glad that I started with a different show is all I'm saying, because, I, I had that that kind of that opportunity to 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 work out all the kinks and figure out uh, what I wanted to do, and then um, I think this show still has a ways to go. But I was able to come into it with a lot more polish than uh, I did in the first show because the first show was just me learning everything. Um, it's and, one hick of a so journey of learning. There is a lot to learn. I mean. Having only done it for four months, I knew very little about audio editing before I started. And I've crammed a lot of technical information into my head to be able to get episodes out. And you commented <laughs> that you you liked the sound of the audio or it was really good quality. And um, that was a journey. Like I started with the Samsung QTU plugged into my computer with USB. Well, that sounded better than my like in-ear um, headphone, ed- earphones with microphone. That sounded terrible. Um, I never started the podcast with that because I already had that experience before. So I kind of wanted to invest in something that would see me through. And that's kind of why I picked the Samsung QTU because it had the USB option to plug and play because I didn't have an interface and I didn't know if I wanted to spend that much money on my podcast to start with because I I think that would be the worst. Well, I don't know, unless you can afford it, but I couldn't afford it. So I was kind of like, let's start with the basics. You just need a microphone and this one has the USB and the XLR. And then it took four months to decide that I was going to get an interface and um, yeah. And just, just recording and making sure you press record, but then how to get the sound to how you like it. Um, There's other podcasts that I listen to that give tips like better podcasting. And um, I listen to like the Bandry says podcast and well, that's how I found my microphone in the first place um, was from podcastage on YouTube. But just learning little tips off other podcasters and how they do it. And I actually watched Emily Prokop from the story behind of how she was editing it. She was doing a Twitch live stream and she had her recorded audio there and I could see her cutting it and I could see her sort of fading in and out. And I learned so much in that one session. It was awesome. Um, and then you put it all together and you, you just tweak something as you go and it all develops. So it's a huge learning journey. Yeah. I, I, I wish, um, I wish more microphones uh, came with the kind of options that um, because I, I guess this is sort of going into inside baseball, but um, you know I use the uh, I use the uh, the AT the ATR twenty one hundred, which is pretty much same. about the same yeah. mic, um, and, and it's got that same USB plug and play um, with the XLR option on it, um, and, and so I think what I think more mics need to come with that sort of room to grow yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, I've looked at like, uh, my wife and I are looking at starting a podcast together, um, which means that we need to expand to, I I've been doing for the whole two years, I've been doing just straight USB into the computer. Um, and it's, it's, it suited me. Okay. Because I've, I figured out my post process, um, to make the audio sound like what I still want it to sound Mm like, um, but now we're going to be switching into, uh, you know, using an interface so that we can plug both mics in and record at the same time. And uh, so I think that's going to be interesting um, to kind of have that shift in in the the process of which I do things um, and that sort of new learning experience. But the nice thing is that I only have to buy one new microphone <laughs> because this one already has the option there. Yeah. Um, whereas if I would have gone with uh what all of the um all of the kind of beginner mics look like as far as things like your uh your snowball or um or 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 just microphones of that kind of ilk um it's usb and that's it that's the only option that you've got there's no room to grow and um yeah 
Yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. But, but. I, I, I can tie it back in for you because I've just thought about it. If So, for example, choosing what gear you're going to use is kind of the same thing as choosing about when you go off the grid or the podcasting journey or life in general. You kind of you look at where you are right now and you look at what you where you want to be and you look at what you need to get there, right? That's like generally how right. life goes. And so doing your research along the way and um, pe- when people generally aren't happy with the decisions they've made, sometimes it's because they haven't, sp- haven't spent enough time or they haven't known where to find the resources to help them. So I think it's a life thing. You can apply to everything, you know. It, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> and if you take it, – it's all about just taking a little bit, time to th- bit of time to think about it rather than just trying to roll with the flow the whole time and, and, and letting life come at you and – um, and all the other things. If you if you spend a little time thinking about it, and then making a little bit of a plan, and then taking actions to get to that to that goal, then you'll you'll get to where you want to get to, or at least somewhere vaguely in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> that um, <clears throat> excuse me. That that ties perfectly. And uh, <laughs> goodness, that's that's perfect. <laughs> um, and I think you know, uh, I I always like I said, I always try to end the show on a positive and on a high note. And I think that. Uh, that tying in and that sort of message, I think, is the the perfect spot to kind of um, put a bow on everything, nice. I guess. Um, and so uh, the last thing that I like to do um, is kind of have have you uh, let listeners know if they're interested in hearing more um, as far as your show um, or any of the content that you put out. Uh, where would they go for those things? Okay, so you can find. Everything about Sunshine and Power Cuts on www.sunshineandpowercuts.com. Um, you can read all about my story. And then on the Be Inspired page are the links to the episodes. And there's ways to subscribe to the podcast on another tab. So that's it. And then if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at SunPowerPod. Perfect. All right. And I will have those links in the show notes as well for anyone who... Uh, wants the ease of just clicking <laughs> um and yeah i think that's that's where we'll end it um i want to thank you again for taking time out of your day uh to come on especially on uh such short notice um it's having a little bit of panic there towards the end of the week because i wasn't wasn't able to find anybody everyone was like oh no i'm, I'm busy thank you give it like a thank month thank you so much <laughs> for reaching out it was an awesome opportunity and i'm glad that i found your email <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. And uh, you have a, a, a great New Year's and um, uh, a great rest of the week. Thank you. Happy New Year's. That does it for this week's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this show on whatever app you are using to listen so you don't miss a single episode. If you like anything you've heard today, links, as always, are in the show notes. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the show, email us at suggestions at thepodcastingcouch.com and we'll reach out. As always, this is The Podcasting Couch. I'm Chris Carlson. Be decent. The Podcasting Couch is executive produced by Sirenicide and Max Cannon and is completely listener funded. To contribute to the show and help us bring new shows every week, visit www.patreon.com slash thepodcastingcouch and become a producer. Be decent.